Welcome to another episode of Founder Focus, your masterclass in business building. I'm your host, Andrew Amaduri, and on today's episode, we are sitting down with Lori Smith. Lori launched her own esthetician business called Skintopia that provides custom-tailored skincare for their clients while working a full-time job at a law firm and raising two young kids. Her story is one filled with dedication, hard work, and a love for people. In today's episode, you'll learn tips for client interactions in a relationship-centric industry, how to make your business stand out from all the rest, and tons more. Before we get started, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Lori, welcome to Founder Focus. How are you? I am doing well today. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining. So you opened up Skintopia and transitioned from being a paralegal to running your own business centered around healthy skin. What was life like as a paralegal before you decided to branch off and start your own business? It was, it was very busy. So I was a legal assistant, secretary, and paralegal. And so, um, depending on which attorney I was working for in the office, um, we worked in a mid-sized firm. So, we were trial attorneys. We did insurance defense. So, we were very busy. And I had worked for my, when I quit, um, I had worked at the firm for almost, I was six months short of 30 years. And the attorney I worked for, I had worked for for 25 years. And a girlfriend and I were talking one day and both of us were getting kind of burned out. So, we said, what else could we do? And we came up with skincare. We both were passionate about skin. And um, we looked into school. So, you know, even working, I'd work 8 to 4.30. I'd go to school from 5 to 10, do my homework. <laughs> Get that homework done, right? Yeah, had two kids at home. And so it was busy. It was a very busy time in my life for many years. What was the catalyst that made you decide, I want to start my own business? Um, working at the law firm, um, I worked for senior shareholders and they had started the law firm. So I knew what working with them and I worked closely with my attorney, you know, and I saw day to day operations. Um, my grandmother owned a grocery store growing up in a small town in Iowa. So, and my grandfather was a house builder. So, it's kind of in our blood. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah. I thought if I am going to do something, I want to do it for myself and for my family. Um, didn't really know what I was doing when I started out. But, you know, they always say you can't let fear stop you. So, I just kept kept going. What were the first steps to launching your own business? Um. When I first started, well, it was looking for a space. Well, let's step back. I um, I did the paperwork, so I had to have my licensing. So there was um, state licensing that I had to go through. You had just finished up the skin school. Remind me what it's called. Rem Esthetician school. So, Esthetician school. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I went here. I went in Tempe. I went to Southwest Institute of Natural Aesthetics. So I wanted to um, gear more toward a natural approach, approach to skincare. Um, and I, that's still my philosophy and we can talk about that later. But once I was done, I finished in 2008 and got my licensing. And then I, um, a girlfriend and I that I went to school with, we, um, joined forces and created Skintopia. Um, we did the LLC 
And so I am um, a LLC. Um, I'm a sole proprietor now. Um, we worked together for a couple of years and we both went our separate ways. Um, and after that, we had to find space. <laughs> How did you go about deciding to do it with your friend? Because there are always an array of potential business partners, but what made you pick her? We had very similar work ethics. Um, we were close in age. We'd both, you know, we were both either raising children or we're close to finishing raising children. Um, she came, so I came from the legal background and she came from a doctor's background. And so a doctor in um, oral care, um, oral maxillofacial. So with the combination and with the research that we both like doing, I thought it'd be a good combination. Now, even though we started the business together, we had our separate clients. So we used Skintopia, the name, but we kept our books separate, if that makes sense. That's really smart in case down the road you did want to split off and do your own thing. Which was a smart idea because, you know, um, you don't always work well together. <laughs> Okay, you find your business partner, you get registered mm -hmm. with an LLC, and then mm -hmm. it came down to finding a location. How did Correct. you approach that? Well, fortunately, um, there was a oral maxillofacial that's actually um, just up the street from where I'm at right now. Um, I'm in old, near Old Town at Miller and Osborne in Scottsdale, and he was at Scottsdale Road in Osborne. And so my girlfriend's um, she had a friend that worked for him and his esthetician had left. And so he was looking to sell his equipment. And when I found out his name, he was, a, he had been an expert in a couple of our dental cases. And so I reached out to him and I asked him if he would be interested in, instead of selling the equipment to, uh, to allowing us to rent the room from him. And so we met with him and, um, he was very, very generous. He was very kind to us. And I rented space from him for eight years as, as I started. What a great initial approach as well. So you didn't have to go buy all that equipment to start up. Right. Yeah. So we, yeah, we were, cause it, it's very costly to get into the business. Um, especially as you know, your products, you know, most, most skincare lines require a minimum, you know, when you get in with them. Um, and then your equipment alone, you know, um, it can run thousands of dollars. So we were very fortunate that he had, you know, our basic equipment that we needed and um, we could get started. We pulled our money together and we went with a couple of different product lines and um, started from there. How do you determine right off the bat the pricing for your offerings? Um that's where you have to kind of look at the market that you're in, the area that you're in, and um, you want to be competitive. But I always say you don't want to undersell yourself. So many, and I see it a lot with the um, girls coming into the the workforce now in my industry, is that they're underselling themselves. Um, you know, they have a license, they have, you know, knowledge that far exceeds 
anything that you're going to find on TikTok or Instagram. Wait, you're telling me those TikTok and Instagram fads where you put some sort of chemical no one's ever heard of on your face doesn't work? <laughs> well, I'm not saying they don't always work, but I have treated many skin, <laughs> many faces that come in that um, I'm correcting. Um, skin care is very unique to our skin and not all skin is the same. So something that might work for your girlfriend or might work for the girl that's being paid to promote the products on Instagram or TikTok may not be perfect for your skin. That is a wise tip for anyone out there who goes, I can just go to TikTok or Instagram. Doesn't always work. Or sometimes it does, but don't take the risk. Correct. Yeah. Especially when you're working with like dermaplaning, you know, and if people are getting facials, they're going to know what I'm talking about. Um, microneedling, chemical peels. I mean, there's a lot of factors to um, figure in when we're working with that. And the skin has to be healthy and able to accept those treatments and get the results that you want. You're all prepped. You have a rental place. You've got your money pulled together to start renting. You launch. What does that first year of business look like? Because you were still working with the law firm at the time, correct? Yeah, it was the first year was slow. Um, we didn't get a whole lot, you know, being in the doctor's office because we worked, both of us worked after hours. So we would work our day jobs and then we would start and work from like five to 10 or five to nine at night. So we didn't get the flow of traffic coming in and out of the office. Um, so both of us did a lot of networking. Um, I would do, um, networking groups. Um, some of them benefited me. Some of them didn't. Um, I did a lot of charity events, so I would donate my services. And then there was a, um, there was a deal back in the day, 2008, 2009. It was about the same time that Groupon was taken off. And there was a local um, newscaster and his wife and they started it. And for the life of me, I can't remember her name. But our kids went to the same school and she approached me. It was called Doozy of a Deal. And what was unique about it, it worked like Groupon. So people would purchase things through the Doozy of a Deal. But it was a local community. And you could select like from 10, 10 to 20 different local charity organizations. A percent, I think it was 10% she donated of her proceeds to that. And so I thought that was a good cause too. So you could do, you know, crisis and children crisis center, you know, you could do the humane society, whatever your passion was. And I am, um, I'm big about giving back to other people. So I did well with that. In fact, um, I've got some very dear clients that, um, I found through doozy of a deal to this day. Wow. At the start, were there any major obstacles you faced? And how did you overcome them? A lot of the obstacles, I would say, yeah, because you get discouraged in the beginning because you're not real busy, you know, and you're thinking, what more can I do? Um, you know, and when you're only doing is, you know, some that first year, sometimes I'd only do one or two facials a month, you know, and I'd have this um, rent to pay, although he was very good to me on rent. Um, but still, you know, I had the products. And products only last for so long. They don't have a long shelf life. Um, I had my family at home. So, I, you know, I think the biggest 
recommendation I can get to people, give to people starting out in their own is, you know, try not to get discouraged. You know, reach out to mentors. I um, ended up hiring a business coach um, and I worked, you know, hand in hand with her. And, and I still do, um, not as much now because I'm pretty established, but in the beginning, you know, it was such a lifesaver, you know, and I took a ton of education. You know, I, I'm always to this day honing my skills, you know, what's new out there? You know, what can I offer? You know, what's the newest, newest thing out there? And the newest isn't always the best, you know, um, a lot of it can be very gimmicky, you know. Um, do you have any tips for avoiding the gimmicks? If <laughs> a lot of the gimmicks are if they tell you that, um, you know, they're going to get rid of all your wrinkles or all your spots in 30 days or s- something like that, that's a gimmick. Um, when we when things happen to our skin, they start happening to us as children. Sun damage is sun damage is the biggest thing. And in Arizona, that's important. So when you're correcting damage. Just, you know, just like when you're doing a diet, you know, if you've gained 50 pounds, you're not going to lose 50 pounds overnight. And just like skin, you know, if you've neglected your skin and you're in your 40s or 50s, you know, it's going to take time and effort to erase some of the fine lines and wrinkles. We may not be able to get all of them. Um, and same way with pigmentation, you know, some of that, the sun damage, that goes deep, not only in the upper level of the skin, which is called the epidermis, but down deep into the dermis. And it lies there. And the older we get, it can kind of start creeping up. So, um, yeah, if it sounds too good to be true, many times it is. How long would you say it took you to become established? Because it sounds like at first, of course, you're slowly growing, you're getting sometimes only one or two facials per month. At what point did you see the growth accelerate? I would I would say five years, and they always say five years, just kind of your sweet spot when you start a business. Five years, I started picking up. Six years, I got really busy. Um, so I was working six days a week. So I was working the law firm, plus I was still working the skin. How did you balance working two full-time jobs, three full-time jobs, if you include being a parent? It was hard. I have, I come from a large family. I'm one of five children and we are extremely close. So I had a lot of help and support from my siblings. Um, And my spouse, you know, at the time was, um, I was a single mom for part of that. (laughs) So my husband I'm married to now though was a huge support once we got married. And, um, and he, to this day, he's still my biggest cheerleader. So, but it was hard. I mean, some days you're just exhausted and, you know, you're being pulled all different ways. And you have to remember that you come first. If you're not going to fill up your cup and replenish who you are, you're not going to be able to give to anyone else. So that's, a, you know, you just have to take that time. And it's hard. I mean, I still have trouble balancing it out. So, but I try and be mindful of it. In the five to six years before business really started to accelerate, what are some things you would do again and what are some things you would avoid? I What I would avoid is doing a lot of um, like probably some of the networking stuff that I did. 
it depends on the business you're in. Networking can be great for some businesses. I think it's hard with skincare because it's so personal. And, you know, women, women will share things at, with friends, right? But when you're in a business stuff, I'm not, when you're in business networking or you're out doing business, right? You're not going to say to somebody, oh, I've got a great esthetician and I think you could use her services, you know, or you've got horrible acne, you know, I've got a gal that, you know, I had horrible cystic acne. Um, I couldn't do Accutane. Um, and, you know, we had my skin cleared up in six months. You just, you know, so I, I personally would not do that. But um, now my husband's also a business owner and he does um, floor cleaning. So he does natural tile and wood and carpet and all that kind of stuff. And it's been great for his business, you know, but it's, a, you know, like I said, it's a different, it's a different type of business. Um, so I would personally not do that. Um, I'm big on um, referrals. So majority of my business has been built with referrals. And so promoting um, that with my clients, you know, if they believe in my services and, you know, they're getting the results, you know, let their friends know, you know, and then I would give them a discount on their next service or on a product or give them a product, you know, because um, word of mouth is always the best way to get a client, you know, they're, they're going to be pretty true to you because, you know, referrals go a long ways. Where are the biggest revenue generators when owning a skincare company? A lot of it will come from retail because um, that's something that I don't physically have to be to work at all the time. I've got an online store so my clients can go online and shop for things. And it's important. What I do in the studio is 20%. Um, I coach. I fine tune. Um, you know, we do services here and there to improve things. But the majority of the work is done at home. Um, genetics only play about 20% in skin. Whoa, 20%. Yeah, it's not very much at all. That should be super encouraging for everyone. Yeah, a lot of it is um, health. You know, it's your gut health. You know, our skin is our largest organ and it's a reflection of what's going on inside. And so when... Um, especially when I'm working with acne, there's a lot of telltale signs with acne. Um, if the, if the stomach and the health, you know, stress, you know, I've got women that'll come in with stress, you know, teens and young adults too with acne and, you know, eczema and psoriasis, you know, it can be allergy related, but it can also be a stress trigger. Um, I had a dear client who lost her husband and she broke out in horrible welts all over her face. And they lasted for almost a year. And it was just as she went through the grieving process. So, you know, you, well, I would recommend, you know, taking the time to, you know, grieve with your clients and listen to your clients. Um, that's, a, I, I think that's the biggest thing is when people come into you, and I think this is in a lot of businesses, you really have to listen to your client because we might think they need something, right? I might look at them and say, oh, you know, she's got a lot of crow's feet, but she's seen, you know, lines on her forehead. She doesn't care about these. She cares about our lines up here, you know, and sometimes they just want to come in and talk. So you give them what they want, not what you think they want. 
oh man, I really want to go down that rabbit hole about like client interaction. When it comes to client interactions, what are tips you would give to somebody in a client facing service? When facing the client, um, be genuine. I think when people come to you, um, they're seeking your expertise and they want truth. And that's one of the reasons I got into skincare. I suffered with acne growing up. Um, I got into skincare in my 40s. Um, and um, I just wanted to know what works and what doesn't work. And I'm very honest with my clients about that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm genuine. Um, if things don't work, then, you know, and sometimes things don't work. You know, we have a game plan. It's just not working. So we have to switch things up. But I'm honest, you know, this isn't what I thought it was. So let's go down this avenue, you know. Um, so I think being authentic with your clients and, and, and caring for them. They're, they're not just a dollar figure. They're just not your income. You know, they share a lot with you when they come to see you. Would you say caring for your clients is what helped you reach that acceleration and growth in year six? Yeah. Yeah, I do. My clients truly become like family to me. Um, I work on, I've got a little girl that I started with acne um, two weeks ago. She's in the sixth grade and she becomes like one of my, one of my kids, you know, one of my nieces and nephews, you know, um, you know, she is, nobody else in her class is breaking out. Um, and she has it, you know, she's, she's broke out pretty bad and it's really um, affecting her self-confidence. And that just breaks my heart, you know. I have women who come in and they don't even like looking at themselves in the mirror, you know, because they don't like what they see. And I get that from men too, you know. I have, you know, young men that come in and they've struggled, you know, they're struggling with acne. We get their skin clear and, you know, and they're all excited when they come in and they tell me when they're out and about, people are, are complimenting them on their glowing skin, you know. And, and then they go, I find a lot of them go further into healthy lifestyles. They're looking at what is good to eat because we go over diet, we go over lifestyle, we go over supplements that may or may not work, you know. Um, so we go into all that. So it's always a joy for me to see not only their skin transform, but the person transform. So you hit that accelerated growth. What did life look like from year six on? It's been very busy. Um, <laughs> last year, I, um, I, w I didn't take any new clients probably a year and a half worth, I just, I couldn't take anymore. I was working 10 and 12 hour days and I was, I was pooped, you know? Um, so it got busy. Um, I'm very grateful, you know, for my clients and I love, and I love work. I'm a workaholic. I love working. Um, so I had to pull back, um, so I could do the balance. So, you know, I have two grown adult children. I've got, um, I've got, a stepdaughter. I've got four grandchildren. So it is, you know, it's busy, you know, my husband, you know, my life. So, um, and my clients have been very good at saying, okay, Laura, you need to take some time off, you know, don't worry if you can't get us in right away. You know, you don't have to come in at eight o'clock. I'm not a big morning person. You're like, person. no, but I love this. Yeah. I love the I work. do. I do. I love doing it. 
And they said, no, you need to take some time off. So um, I've been much more mindful of that. But it's been busy. It's been, I'm booking, normally I'm booking out two to three months ahead of time. When it came time to move out of your old location and into your new location, what steps did you take? Um, I started reaching out to um, other estheticians in the business and some of my reps for my skincare. Um, I am pretty close with one of my skincare reps and I know she's been in in the Phoenix area for a long time. So she was one of the first ones to reach out. And actually, I found a space on the other side, just um, west of Scottsdale Road. And it was it was so cute. It was a little bungalow. Um, there was another esthetician and a hairdresser there. I was there a couple, three weeks maybe. And they were sisters. They had a falling out. They ended up breaking the lease. And I had two weeks to find a new place. Oh, man. So then I called my rep and I said, I need help. So she knew somebody that rented space where I'm at now and gave me the leasing agent. And he actually, the guy who owned the building met with me. He didn't have a space, but um, it's a medical building, but one of his doctors had left. So he opened up that office so I would have a space to rent until something else became available. So um, I... uh, I'm big on prayer, you know, I'm big on my spiritual life. So, you know, I, you know, I just go and trust in faith, you know, and I know that doors will be open where I need to go. When it comes to acquiring the equipment you need to open up an, I can't pronounce it, esthetician? Esthetician. Esthetician. S, uh-huh. Good job. Okay. <laughs> Try spelling it. Um, all right. <laughs> I know it starts with an A and that's it. When it comes time to open up your own esthetician's location, what was the equipment you needed and how did you go about locating that equipment? The doctor had some of it. So at the time, um, I wanted a steamer. I'm trying to think what we started with. Our steamer was a multifunctional, so it had some um, high frequency with it, which you use a lot with acne. Um, it had some rotary brushes that were kind of like Clarisonics. It had a microcurrent, um, very remedial microcurrent system. But the microcurrent um, microcurrent builds and lifts your muscles. It works with your own electromagnetic energy. Um, and then and that was actually, that was the, the biggest tool we had at the time. And then we had our products and the buy-in at the time was $5,000. Um, and then you had retail, you know, so you have a back bar, so it gives you products to work on customers and then you have your retail and that is probably the biggest expense I think. And for me in my aesthetic business is the retail and the back bar. I mean, cause you're constantly, you know, you think you've bought enough for the month and then, you know, college kids come in and they need to replenish and they buy, you know, two to three months worth of stuff. How do you go about establishing that supply chain? Working with the vendors, you mean? Yeah. I start when I started. I started with um, a line that I worked with in school. Is I'm as I said, I'm more holistically based. So I work. I like working with botanicals. Um, I don't work with a lot of um, 
it, everything's chemicals. When I mean, water's H2O is a chemical, right? But I try like your the preservatives. I want to have them to be as clean as can be. You know, I don't want anything to disrupt the endocrine. You know, your um, your endocrine system. Um, so that's what I was looking for, and and I have. Rhonda Allison is the line that I started with and I, I'm still with today. Um, it just works. It works well. I know it's a, it's a large line. It takes a long time to learn, but there's very little that I can't treat with it. And from there, I have just experienced, I've expanded since then. I've got an acne line. Um, so I'm certified in acne and I've certified with a couple of different places on that. Um, and people can't, you have to see a skincare professional in order to buy face reality because it's important on how you use the product. You know, you can hear that, you know, salicylic or mandelic is great for the skin. And people tend to think more is better, you know, and so they'll start out with the higher percentages and then they'll start, they'll wreck their skin. And even when you're working with people, you know, they get confused, you know, or if you're on a time schedule with certain skincare at night, you put it on for so long, then you wash it off and continue. They'll forget or fall asleep and sleep in it. And then they, you know, will call in a panic because their face is all red in the morning. Well, they've compromised their barrier, so then we have to fix that. And so, and that can happen a lot. So, and in professional skincare products, <laughs> Our percentages are higher than what's sold in the over-the-counter retail. So you need guidance from a professional to get the results. When it's come to scaling your business, once you hit that huge ramp up in growth, what were some of the things you would do again and what were some of the things you would avoid? I wouldn't work crazy hours like I did for a long time because um, it burned me out. I mean, I was, I was exhausted and I didn't find joy, especially because I work late into the evening. Um, you know, a lot of times seven, eight o'clock, I'm still there. And I would just, you know, those last two clients wouldn't get a hundred percent of me, you know? Um, and I don't want that, you know, I wouldn't want that going to somebody. So, um, I wouldn't push myself so hard. I'd be more cognizant of that. And, and I'm still toying with this idea, maybe, you know, training somebody to bring them on um, to work with me. Um, we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> maybe we'll see. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very um, passionate about my clients. So to hand somebody else off, um, that would be hard for me to do. Not that It'd somebody be could be right just fit. as good as I am. It'd have to be the right, yeah, definitely the right fit. So, yeah, yeah. And probably, you know, another thing I probably wouldn't do is I think as estheticians, we all love shiny new toys, you know, like anybody does. And I probably would hold back on buying some of these shiny new toys. And I've learned that as I've been in business longer, but in the beginning, I'd see something and I'd have to have it, you know, and then I'd get it and it's like, oh, this was a waste of money, you know. And, you know, you can spend thousands of dollars doing that. So that was a hard lesson learned. So, um, you know, especially if you're just starting out, you don't need 
a whole bunch of shiny toys. You need to hone your skills, you know, learn your ingredients, um, you know, learn how to communicate with your, you know, your clients, take that time and, you know, don't worry about, um, the shiny new toys because they're not necessary. You can do a lot with skin without having all those shiny toys. I decide I want to become an esthetician, open up my own business. What do you recommend I do to make that happen? Well, you have to go to school. Um, there's two really good schools that I can think of off the top of my head. What are their names? Southwest Institute of Natural Aesthetics in Tempe. And then Penrose, Penrose Academy is in Scottsdale. Um, Southwest is um, off McClintock and Southern. And Penrose is off Thunderbird and Scottsdale Road. But they're both very, very good schools um, with different approaches. So you, if you go to Southwest, you can dual certified with massage. And there's a lot of um, human connection with Southwest Institute that you don't get with Penrose. So depending on, you know, what you're looking at. But a lot of girls will go to Penrose, I think, thinking, oh, I'm going to work for a doctor. And that's not always, you know, you're still making a minimum wage working for a doctor and there's not always benefits. So you really, I guess you sit down and figure out what you want. You know, do you want to work for yourself? Do you want to work for somebody? What does that look like to you? And then talk to people who are in the profession already. Find out what worked for them, you know, and many of us that's been around for a while, we're more than willing to help, you know. Um, that's one thing I can say with the aesthetic community. Most of us are pretty helpful to others. You know, we we want, you know, a lot of us are women. There's, you know, there's some very talented men out there too, but most of us are women and, you know, women empower women, you know, and I think... Um, we enjoy doing that, seeing another woman succeed, I would hope. So I would definitely, you know, get into a mentorship and work with business coaches. You know, it's going to cost you a little bit of money, but you have to invest in yourself, you know. And, you know, uh, most business coaches, you know, they've been doing it, you know. They've they worked in the industry. They know what works. They, they know what doesn't work, you know. Um, you know, talk with an accountant. There's a book. Um, there's, it's called Profit First, and I would recommend that for any business. I mean, it doesn't have to be the guy who wrote it wasn't for estheticians, but it's a breakdown on, you know, you take your gross income and a certain percentage goes to your um, overhead expenses. A certain percentage goes to your taxes, and it's based on what you're making a year, you know, so that changes as you grow. And, and then that way, you know, you have those accounts set up. And so when it comes tax time or quarterly taxes and stuff, you're not scrambling trying to figure out how am I going to come up with that money because you've set that money aside, you know, and you, you can't dip into that money. You've got, to, you've got to hold your guns and, you know, make it work, you know, and sometimes it's hard, you know, sometimes, especially in the beginning, you're down to that last $5 and you're thinking, you know, how am I going to make this work? You know, what's the way out? What's the way out? Yeah, and the way is yeah. you make it work. Yeah. You make it work. Yeah. You just, you have to, you know, and that's, and that's part of business, you know, some things work, you know, and it's, I never look at it as failing. You're never, you're never failing. You're learning your lessons. 
And so, you know, for the next month or the next week, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to do that again, you know. Um, and that can happen with client skin. You know, something that worked on, you know, Sally yesterday, I do an Andrea today and she's got a reaction. Well, then you have to take your notes and say, okay, I can't use pumpkin on Andrea because she's got a sensitivity to it, you know. So, you know, it's never a failure. It's a lesson learned, you know. And, and when you're working with the skin, you know, there's a lot of chemistry. <laughs> so you got to be careful. Speaking of lessons learned, through this crazy journey you've been on since 2008, mm-hmm. what is the greatest lesson that you have learned? Um, loving on people. Truly, um, when you give 100% and your, your clients, the people you, not just clients, just the people you work with, when they know you're genuine, when they know, when you take that extra step, you know, um, you know, if they have a parent that has, you know, passed away, if they have a child that's waiting for an acceptance letter, you know, taking those steps to say, hey, you know, you know, did Sally get into ASU, you know, send a letter of condolence, you know, when that parent passes, Um it's, it's more, you know, I, and I know I said this before, but it's more than just, um, it's more than just a dollar. It's more than them coming in and I work on their skin for an hour and they go out the door, you know, and I don't think about them for a month. Um, you, you, you got to care about people. I think, you know, many of us that succeed in this business, it's because we're passionate, not only about the skin, but we're passionate about people. You know, um, and I think that's, you know, the biggest thing that I've learned is just, you know, just loving on people, you know, just, you know, if they just want to sit and cry for that hour, let them sit and cry for that hour, you know, and just hold that, hold that space for them. Going back in time, knowing what you know now, would you do this all again? Absolutely. I get that asked at least once a week. When I worked at the law firm, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I gave it 100%. I worked for a great firm. Um, I started when I was 22 years old. Um, And there were quite a few of us that started about the same age. So we dated, we got married, we had kids together. So we became a family. So when I left there, it was... I was excited to leave, but it was very hard because, you know, I'd been there almost 30 years. Um, But I was never passionate about it. You know, it was, I was passionate about the people, but not necessarily the work, you know. Um, And I'm passionate about my work now. You know, when I leave, I guess something else with working for yourself you never step away from work totally, I don't think. Um, even when you're on vacation and stuff, you know, I will go into other spas or other skincare studios to see what they're doing, you know, to see what's working in Oregon or what's working up in California. You know, we all have different laws on what we can and can't do. You know, go to classes and interact. Um, and you're thinking about marketing. You're thinking, you know, there's just so many things going on in our mind. Um, that, um, 
it's always something new. I always have something new to wake up to. So yeah, I, I have not regretted it at all. And I would do it again, 100%. 100%. Lori, thank you so much for joining for today's episode. I really enjoyed this. It has been my pleasure. And um, I wish you all the luck. I think we need more stuff like this out there. So thank you for providing this for, you know, people wanting to know, where do I go? How do I do this? You know, maybe there's a little bit that, you know, I might say that might resonate with somebody and they'll take that step because we need more businesses, um, personal businesses out there. Run by people that care. Yes. Run that people that care. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Andrew. If you found value in today's episode, please leave us a five-star review and share this with other business builders. Follow us on Instagram at Founder Focus so you don't miss out on any new announcements and check out our YouTube channel at Founder Focus Podcast. Until next time.